0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Apparently, according to the uh, privacy commissioner in the country, Daniel Terrian, Stats Canada had a plan to collect Canadians' banking records, transactional records uh, that would tell Stats Canada, uh, you know, lifestyle, consumer choices, private interests, all of this from the banks without advising the people whose data they were mining. I mean, when it comes to cybersecurity and uh, where our data is being stored and by whom and uh, how safe it is, in fact, from other prying eyes, this is a big Lollapalooza question. And so I wanted to engage David Shipley, the CEO of boseron Security and Global News Radio cybersecurity expert and technology analyst, to clarify some of these points of interest. David, good to have you on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. So, David, uh, the idea that... <laughs> The privacy commissioner had to protect us. He came out with a report yesterday that Stats Canada uh, was really uh, ready to willy-nilly just grab a bunch of data of Canadians unbeknownst to them. What do you think of that?
1: Well, I mean, when this first came to light uh, months ago, uh, because the Canadian Banking Association and others were balking at the use of an, a 30 year old law to try and grab this information, including it, tying it back to your name. So, exactly your purchasing history, your detailed transactional information, and uh, then using it for their purposes without your consent and without. Bank-level security, it was the height of absurdity. And the only reason, and it's shocking, it was the big banks that, at the end of the day, protected the privacy of everyday Canadians and fought the fight. And even the Privacy Commissioner admits what they tried to do was not illegal, but it should be. And the only reason they've backed down and agreed to what uh, is reasonable controls on this project is because of the public shaming. But that's all we have right now. We have no real laws protecting our privacy in Canada. We just have, we caught it this
0: time. Yeah, you're citing a 30-year-old law, which is the Statistics Act, if I've got that right, where the agency can force third-party organizations like banks to disclose information that would, quote, assist Statistics Canada in fulfilling its mandate. So it's really open season. If Stats Canada wants anything, they can go and get it
1: and that's how they interpreted it but that that just shows you how dramatically inadequate our laws are and and this has real consequences to every day Canadians I can tell you that the Canadian banks in aggregate, and we do work in that sector for full transparency, they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, and rightly so, to protect your personal financial information and wealth. Stats Canada doesn't have a fraction of a fraction of that budget, but they are going to be a huge target if they collect that information.
0: Right. Uh, In other words, the laws are not up to date with the new realities on the ground or in cyberspace
1: exactly and and this is not a surprise and the thing is politicians know they're not up-to-date but they're desperately afraid of actually updating our laws because the obvious point is they've particularly opted their political activities from being uh, subject to privacy laws so when we do and we have to have this conversation about aligning our laws so the Canadians have the same rights as Europeans uh, they're going to be under the spotlight as well and they've done everything they can to avoid this conversation but if we're going to have a digital economy that Canadians can trust and the data uh, recently shows that we don't, uh, we need better laws.
0: Again with David Shipley, Global News Radio Cybersecurity Expert and Technology Analyst. right, that trust factor is uh, really something that uh, is intriguing to me. There was a recent study that's come out from IBM Canada, and uh, it says Canadians are defeatist about the security of their personal information. Uh, Seventy-three percent of Canadians don't know who holds their data. Uh, Only 19% of Canadians say they fully trust businesses to keep their personal information secure and not to share it without permission. And 52% of Canadians are so concerned about their privacy, they're more hesitant to shop online this holiday season. What's that reflective of?
1: Well, I think it reflects the fact that one in three Canadians had their private information breached in the last eight months alone. Between the uh, the breaches in the United States with a major bank, Capital One, and Desjardins, which was four point two million people, and the fact that over the last ten years, every single Canadian pretty much has been the victim of a data breach. So, you know, they're right to be discouraged by the absolute mess that we're in. But the only way to change is not to despair and give up hope, but it is. To actually demand laws, just like what they've actually done in Europe, that have real meaningful fines, that really hurt the corporations when they don't do the right things, to actually get them to change their behavior. Europe's done it. We could easily copy it.
0: You know, David, it's equally intriguing that 25% of Canadians don't actually know if their personal data has been hacked or stolen. I mean, I don't know, is ignorance bliss or uh, is there something here we (laughs) ought to be educated about?
1: Uh, well, I mean, the the numbers and the size and the scale of the breach is uh, unless you are pretty much an infant or a child at this point, and even some of those, thanks to toy manufacturer breaches, um, you've had one or more data breaches if you're a Canadian, which is sad. I mean, if you have a Yahoo account, you've been breached. Um, we can go on and on. It's it's just happened with zero consequences, um, and it's going to continue to happen until we have real
0: consequences. You know, uh, I find it interesting here that the uh, 52% of Canadians are so concerned about their privacy, they're more hesitant to shop online this holiday season. I would have thought things would have been going in the other direction, but this is a real credibility issue here. There's a credibility gap uh, where people are nervous uh, about doing something that, you know, we would have thought by now would be commonplace. Uh, for example, when IBM comes out with uh, security, what do we call these, uh, advisors, use credit cards over debit They offer more protection. Is that right?
1: It is. Um, your credit card, and it's really interesting, you know, most times if your credit card information is stolen, the, uh, the vendor who breached your information is fined by the credit card company, so they recoup some of the losses that way. Um, and they generally reimburse you pretty quickly. Um, and they have well-staffed uh, fraud uh, teams to catch in and mitigate these. So, you know, I do recommend using credit cards over debit cards. Um, and I do recommend to people to actually have a separate credit card with a reasonable low balance on it, Um, to do your online shopping on separate from your main credit card. Because what happens if you just use one credit card, and say you have recurring bills that come off your credit card, when it gets breached and your credit card number changes, you've got to remember to change all of your automatic billing, which can be a real pain.
0: Well, you know, uh, yeah, because IBM's data here, or I guess it's their survey, suggests as much saying use a special shopping email address and never use your work email. Why is that?
1: Well, never use your work email for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, if you have your work email breached and it's tied to a particular retail scam, as a criminal, I'll find out that you were in that breach and I will start sending phishing emails saying, hey, well, you were a Target shopper, here's a special refund, and they'll use that information to try and break into your uh, workplace and your work account. Um, so the amount of information being bought and sold and traded to criminals so that they can perpetrate crimes against Canadians and Canadian businesses is skyrocketing. So yes absolutely don't use your work account for personal business
0: and by the same token they say use a unique password for each shopping site
1: 100. Absolutely. Uh, because what happens is, remember, in Canada, we only recently passed the mandatory data breach reporting laws, and they've flooded the Federal Privacy Commissioner with data breaches. Um, but in many cases, these breaches go months and sometimes years before they're even detected, let alone reported, which means if you reuse the same password or similar passwords, i.e. adding a different number or character at the end is not a unique password, uh, then you can find yourself uh, being the victim of the uh, trying all of your digital locks with that username and password.
0: David, finally, I've got to ask, because uh, this story, Canadian Eyes Only, uh, an intelligence report saying Canadian leaders have been attacked in cyber campaigns. What do you hear? What do you know?
1: Well, I've I've known from the uh, Canadian intelligence community, and we've seen some reports even publicly, that for the last year there are particular Canadian politicians that nation states like Russia have a massive hate for. And that includes, unfortunately, our Deputy Prime Minister, Krista uh, uh She is not a friend of Russia, and they are not her friend either. And they've been trying to smear her consistently with fake news and social uh, media campaigns with bots uh, for the last year. And it's, it's pretty gross. But any politician that raises the ire of um, nation states, China, Russia, and more, uh, is increasingly finding themselves the target of these smear campaigns and or intelligence hacking um, to try and break into their personal lives and find dirt on them.
0: Well, are they adequately protected? I mean, do our leaders, uh, they're aware of this, I'm sure. Uh, Do we have, you know, adequate barriers to this kind of uh, nefarious activity?
1: Within their government accounts and the stuff provided by the federal bureaucracy, yes. We have great teams and great security provided this, but in their political email accounts and their political parties, not even close.
0: Well, I guess we learned something from Hillary's unsecured personal server, right?
1: No, <laughs> you know, they, they would think that they'd learn stuff, but this is why the federal bureaucrats have recently been telling politicians to stop using certain nation-state messaging services to talk confidential political matters, because they're setting themselves up for blackmail uh, by other nation-states. So, no, our politicians and political, or political parties would have yet to take cybersecurity seriously. They're in for one heck of a wake-up call in
0: 2020. All right, an ominous note. We'll end on that one. David, thanks so much as always. Take care. You got it. David Shipley again is Global News Radio cybersecurity expert. I like the fact that, you know, these other bad actor countries trying to get into our system and our political leaders. What's the old joke? Uh, why don't we just give them our secrets? That way they'll be 10 years behind. Anyway, <laughs> so.